Welcome to a very special mini-series from Grizzly Peaks Radio. This actual play is, is actually the second part of a somewhat ongoing adventure. The, uh, the first episode, if we can call it that, was actually played at GaryCon 2019. It was a convention game that I ran for a group of more or less strangers. And we had such a good time that I stayed in touch with a few of them. And as, of course, everyone I'm sure knows, GaryCon this year, along with everything else, has been cancelled. So I ran a virtual GaryCon game. Um, The organisers of GaryCon, Luke Gygax and others, put together a virtual convention to take its place. And so I ran the scenario. And this is the second part in an ongoing adventure sort of of my writing of the king in yellow it's actually derived from the arkham horror card game which i love dearly and um i've played a lot of mainly with my wife it's our home game (laughs) and there's a fantastic story cycle in it called the path to carcosa which is all about the king in yellow it like so many call of cthulhu interpretations has transposed the chambers story into the world of lovecraft and it is truly fantastic actually i loved it so much that i decided to create a call of cthulhu scenario based around it so this is the second part there's a little bit of a recap at the beginning and um, my players are archie nikki and kenneth and i i hope you enjoy our little bit of fun So, in the first adventure, our team of intrepid investigators go to see a new play at the Arkham Playhouse, The King in Yellow. They sit through the first act, which is very boring. So boring, in fact, that they fall asleep. (laughs) And when they wake up, all hell has broken loose. Um, The uh, theatre is deserted. There are dead bodies all around rotting that have been there for months perhaps and things are getting super weird they encounter this horrendous thing called the royal emissary which is a many tentacled multi-mouthed almost like a monstrous opera singer (laughs) that proceeds to send them insane by bellowing out these very disturbing songs so they manage to get away from that somewhere along the way they pick up a lightning gun and um, wondering what the hell is going on, they track down the cast and crew to the cast party at the mansion of a certain Constance Dumaine. Things don't get much better there. As soon as they arrive, they realise that the doorman who greets them um, doesn't have any hands, just dripping bloody stumps as he takes their coats and welcomes them in. And then they start talking to various guests who will undergo hideous transformations naturally. And it ends up with them firing the lightning gun at Haster. And that's where we ended. So this scenario picks up about a week later. And uh, here it is, part two of The King in Yellow.
a little bit of time has passed and what I'm going to do is I will give one by one I'll give each of you a little interlude scene to tell me what you've been doing in the interim starting with William there he is a lovely picture of William oh right um so uh you know I I was uh, very shaken up by the uh by the disturbing events at that party and uh uh, so I uh, went back to my my uh, my apartment, uh, right next to the uh, the orphanage, uh, out back to the graveyard, and uh, there, you know, I I uh, took a little time off from work. You know, I started uh, feeding pigeons up there on the roof, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, I I still uh, every night before I go to bed, I uh, I go back into my uh, my apartment. My uh, my little bathroom with the little dirty mirror above the sink, and I still put on that yellow robe <laughs> and gaze at my magnificence. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. Love it. Okay, so Jenny. Well, after I recovered from my um, Pluto mania, <laughs> <laughs> I continued searching for Isabel. I figure the events at the theater had something to do with her disappearance still, and I've continued to search, uh, looking in the Arkham archives, just trying my very, very best to figure out what happened to my dear sister, as we still don't really know what happened. Preventing the return of Hastur did not bring my sister back, so I am still searching for information on her disappearance. Okay, great. Um, and Mark Harrigan, the ex-soldier, a man of action. Yes, having had just returned from the war, he was uh, experiencing some PTSD. And then having experienced everything that we all experienced prior, he uh, that added to that PTSD. And with the loss of his, his lovely Sophie, uh, he's been um, just kind of keeping to himself and um, just trying to find a new path in life. Hmm. Great. So, <clears throat> I think we can probably assume that the three of you have somewhat stayed in touch over the next few days, just trying to reconfirm or reassure yourselves that that everything you saw must have been you must have imagined it all. There's no way any of that could have really happened. I have a Surely. silly question. Uh, what year is this, please? Uh, it's the 1920s, 25, let's say, 1925. Okay. All right. So uh, our ability to keep in touch would have been by letter or face-to-face. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but I think you, you're all currently in Arkham. You're all, um, I, I, uh, you know. You, I stayed in Arkham for sure. Yeah. I think you're all, yeah, I, I think for this to to proceed smoothly, it's probably best if you all stay in Arkham. <laughs> so um, at least for a few days while you're recovering. And then over the next few days, some information does come to light. Maybe Jenny um, uncovers it. Um, some information comes comes to light regarding a man called Daniel Chesterfield. Um, and he was a stagehand during the previous production of The King in Yellow. If you recall, um, a man called Nigel Engram had put on a previous, a previous um, show in, in Arkham. Um, and as far as you can tell, as far as you can tell, Jenny, he's the only surviving member of that production's cast and crew. The rest of them, that is for those for whom you can find any records at all, 
They disappeared or died soon after opening night in a variety of fashions connected only by their morbidness. Freak accidents, suicides, vanishings. Mm. It would seem that Daniel is your only lead if you are to investigate further. According to the records you found, he was admitted to Arkham Asylum many years ago. All, de- all documentation about Daniel's treatment and illness seemed to end there. You aren't even sure if he's still alive. Perhaps he was cured and released. You, you really can't tell. But um, Arkham Asylum might be the next port of call if you want to find out more about this horrible play and those hallucinatory and bizarre events you experienced. All right, then. I will um, ask my strapping young men, <laughs> well, some maybe not so young, I suppose, um, to accompany me to Arkham Asylum to see if we can get access to their records. Mark and William, are you up for the adventure? Great to hear from you, uh, uh, Jenny. You know, I told all these all these guys that you know I'm. You know, I, I'm not fit for this neighborhood, but I hang out with debutantes, and and and, and it's it's so good to hear your voice again. Uh, yeah, I'll be right there. <laughs> Are you going to bring your robe, though? I don't know if that's a good idea. Oh, uh, uh, what robe? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't have the robe. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Yeah, after all, what could, what what possible what could possibly happen? Of uh, to disturb anyone at Arkham Asylum. It's it's a perfectly fine institution. Yes, never any strange disappearances ever, darlings. <laughs> um, okay, so um, Arkham Asylum is is probably about five miles outside of town, in this um, desolate, bleak hillside. Um, I'll assume that one of you probably has a car of some kind. Um, maybe Jenny's got a nice little sporty, yes. sporty little uh, roadster. Absolutely. <laughs> green, of course, forest green. Yeah. Wow, I've never ridden anything like this. Wow. <laughs> Please don't get um, dirt on the seats, darling. Uh, I, you know, I haven't dug any graves lately. It should be fine. All right, good, good. You head in the car to Arkham Asylum. Um, there it is. Yes, what could possibly... I mean, the fact that half the windows are broken, that, I, I wouldn't worry about that. They probably just haven't got around to repairing them. Maybe it's a trick of the light, but is that tentacles coming out of one of the windows there? <laughs> uh, it's got to be a trick of the light. I, I'm it's, sure that's not it. it. It's almost certainly a trick of the light. I, yeah, almost certainly. And that mysterious cowled figure... I think that's just a statue. <laughs> Has that always been there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Or at least most days. <laughs> Those gargoyles are pretty magnificent. <laughs> the moon is very beautiful tonight. Yeah. Yeah, those gargoyles, they, they don't look like they're moving, do they? Oh, God. <laughs> no. I just think maybe the Pluto, I, I really like the moon. <laughs> you know the the headlights on this automobile uh it's probably uh making the shadows shift like that uh that's if, exactly if what's guess. happening that's exactly all in the imagination happening. all in the imagination darling <laughs> so um so uh the, the gatekeeper opens the gate um he, he's got a flat cap on he, he he doesn't even meet your eyes he just pulls the gate open and and you you drive down the gravel path 
to these steps leading up to the reception um, and you get out. Um, I, I presume you just want to go into the reception. There, there is actually a light on in the reception, even though it's, it's quite late in the uh, afternoon. Maybe it's a, uh, you know, uh, over, particularly overcast day. Um, is there someone sitting at the reception desk? Uh, yes, there is actually. So the reception is actually quite pleasant. Um, there are pot plants and there's a calming light green paint, seemingly newly painted on the walls. There's um, a man sitting behind uh, in the little reception booth behind a glass window shutter. Um, he's um, He's got his nose down in a ledger and he's scratching away at it with a with an ink pen. And he looks up as you come in and he says, yes, can I help you? I'm looking for some information, darling. And I'm wondering if you'd be so kind as to help me out. Well, we'll have to see uh, what kind of information you are looking for. We're not in the habit of just handing out information about our guests willy-nilly. Yes. Oh, you're cute. <laughs> um, I'm looking for information on my cousin, uh, Mr. Daniel Chesterfield. Um, we lost track of him some time ago. Daniel Chesterfield. Daniel Chesterfield. Uh, could you could you sit down uh, while I look through the files? Uh, it's not a name that immediately springs to mind. Uh, please make yourselves comfortable. Okay. And well, and, and he pulls out um, the drawers of a of an old rickety wooden filing cabinet, um, riffling through it, and eventually. Uh, he pulls out a stark white folder, um, which seems to be stuffed full of, of records. Um, he says, everything should be in here. Um, did you, could you tell me when he was admitted? Do you know? Um, when was the last, uh, as a, as was, a, when was the last production? The that... last production was, was five years ago. So okay. it would have been sometime four, between four and five years ago you, you think all right i'll say that sometime between four and five years ago was when oh, we lost touch 21 okay okay um yes yes daniel chesterfield daniel chesterfield he's riffling through it he says yes yes okay i found the record he was um he was admitted under the special care of dr mintz um but I'm afraid you can't see him. His level is restricted to staff only. But he is still a guest here at your fine institution? Yes, yes. But as I said, he's in the special level. Um, well, well, at least we know where he is now. Thank you for your help, my dear friend. Yes, yes. Um, Might I ask, what do you mean by special? Well, I, I'm afraid you'd have to talk to Dr. Mintz about that. Um, I can I can schedule a meeting for you uh, um, if you would like to speak to him about Daniel. But I can't give you any more information myself. Confidentiality, client confidentiality, guest confidentiality. I'm sure you'll <laughs> agree. HIPAA laws and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I look at William and Mark um, and say... What do you think? Should we just talk to this doctor? Yes, I think we should. Okay. Um, again, uh, if you forgive me for a minute, he picks up a um, telephone receiver, um, presses a, a button on it, 
waits a few seconds. And then he says, yes, yes, some people um, have, have come to, to inquire about a guest in the special level, in the restricted level. Hmm, yes, yeah, a Mr. Daniel Chesterfield. Dr. Mintz was the admitting, admitting doctor. Okay, yes, okay. And then he puts the phone down. And he says, um, Dr. Mintz will see you. Um, I'll, um, I'll arrange, uh, I've arranged for an escort, though. Um, the, the asylum halls can be a little bit, um, hmm, let's say, dis- uncomfortable for, 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 get, for visitors who aren't used to it. If you understand what I'm saying, I'm sure you have the right procedures. Yes, yes. And at that point, um, you hear the clanging of a door, and two strapping, burly men come through, wearing the kind of white, <laughs> the white, oh. uh, you know, <laughs> uniforms. And and the receptionist says, "Would you see these three people through? Um, they have a meeting with Doctor Mintz." And they go, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> Come with us. What are the odds that they're going to try to uh, make us guess, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a part in this. I'd like to lead, let them see them try to lay a hand on you. <laughs> oh, you're so skeet <laughs> Uh Great. Okay. So um, they say, this way, please. And they um, they point to a uh, the entrance doorway to the asylum, west the the west. You see, it's labelled uh, it's the west west wing, asylum halls, west wing, western patient wing. Yes, um, <laughs> not the west wing. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> that is now an asylum. Um, so agreed. So um, <laughs> anyway, how are they escorting us? Is one in front of us and one behind us all, or? Um, no, they're they're waiting for you to 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 go in. So yes. we're going first. Yes, yes. They say after you, gentlemen. I uh, I hold the door open for everybody. All right. Then then they follow behind you. You go through another set of doors, and and then you hear a clanging sound, and you realize that they have closed the door behind you. The second <laughs> door. And they say, don't worry, standard procedure. If you just go down there, just go down, uh, turn right, you'll find Dr. Mintz. Ever hey, you don't mind. I know you? Don't I know you from Mickey's pub? I think you've got me mistaken with someone else, sir. Yeah, yeah, I must, I must. Anyway. Just they said we were to have an escort to... through, through the halls, so I think you should accompany us, yes? No, no. Far better. You see, the sight of these white coats tends to get our guests a little bit, how you say, a little bit excited. Best if you just go down yourselves, try to blend in a bit. Um, okay. And don't make any sudden movements. They don't like sudden movements. Uh, So, well, we're just uh, walking around in a... <laughs> all right, yeah, all right. It's it, no, don't don't worry your little head, your pretty little head about it, sir. You'll be fine. Just uh, just go down there, turn left. Did I say left or did I say right? I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, turn right. one way. 
Did I say right? Yeah, right. Must be right. Turn right. Um, Dr. Mintz will be down there. Just don't don't shout out too loudly. That also gets them a bit agitated, you know? All right. Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, Will, uh, William will walk down there and, uh, was it left or right? Well, he'll go to the left there. <laughs> okay. So they say, toodaloo. When you want to come out, just come and ring ring on the bell here. There is actually a bell um, next to the inner inner gate door. Uh, the, the, it's like a you know iron barred gate. Well, that's reassuring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you say, uh, "See you later," <laughs> and then they disappear <laughs> off back into the reception area. Okay. So I will follow William. I'll follow you, William. You're going which way? I thought they said right, darling. Oh, I was. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, uh, to the right. Okay. <laughs> so, as you enter, somehow it's far quieter and lonelier than you might think uh, an asylum would be. You don't hear the noise of, you know, shouting or shrieking or or running. It's 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 just a, a lonely, echoing hallway, and it reeks of chemicals and body odor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll pull out like a handkerchief, you know over my nose spray some mm. perfume on it the the one or two figures you do see moving around are nervous looking and timid patients who just avoid you give you a very wide berth they they don't look like they want to like come up to you or talk to you or anything um and there aren't any orderlies or doctors around at least in the western wing from here you you know peeking into um through, air, through through maybe cell windows uh, or or guest room windows, let's call them. Um, you see, you know, into the actual rooms. You see that all the windows are barred with thick iron bars, obviously on the inside. Um, so it looks like looks like you're on your own, guys. You're going to have to find Doctor Mintz, or um, you know, are there any kind of uh, nameplate um, or anything that identifies the guests? Um, no, there aren't. Okay. Um, and um, the ple- the pleasant atmosphere of the reception area disappears as soon as you kind of step into the hall. The temperature has dropped to a clammy chill, and and as I said, there's a foul, sharp stench hanging in the air. You do see a man with with, with some kind of bearing about him. He comes walking round the corridor. Uh, walking around the corner from the left-hand side. Um, and he's kind of... He's got a beard, a kind of bright red beard and, and red curly hair. And he's kind of got his chest puffed out a bit. And he seems to have some kind of curtain <laughs> tied around his neck. Seems a bit familiar to you, maybe, um, William. Um, and this this kind of s- hunched over, snivelling little man behind him is holding the end of the curtain and walking behind him in this ludicrous um, kind of um, em- emulating, you know, like a, a king with a with a courtier carrying his his train behind him. And you see, I don't know he who does... that is, but I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> <laughs> and and you see, he's got some kind of very crudely made crown on his head as he approaches you he says uh, he says in a booming voice have you come to pay your your homage to the emperor 
of Arkham. <laughs> Emperor of Arkham? Well, is, is that you? Indeed, that is me. William, you maybe wish you to, should talk to him. Do you wish to go down on your knees? <laughs> no. No, I don't think so. William, William, you're familiar with the... Uh, with this uh, situation, well, why don't you let talk me handle to... this, Miss? Let me handle this. Uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, sure, I'll put one. Get down on my knees there. I say, uh, hey, your remnants. Oh, good, good. He holds you, uh, out his you... hand. Oh, oh, I give it the, the lightest of, of kisses <laughs> on his knuckle there. <laughs> and a soiled knuckle. <laughs> you see that his hand, his hand is like is like filthy, and he's got long, ragged fingernails. Oh. I'm a grave digger. I've seen worse. <laughs> I say, yeah, yeah, your eminence. We're looking for uh, 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 one of the physicians around here. You know what, Doctor Mintz? Oh, you mean one of my subjects, Mintz? Mintz? Yes, yes. Ah, uh, yes. He was one of the first to pay homage to the great Emperor Arkham. Grand Tool the First. That is my name. Grand Tool. Wow. Grand Tool, yes. Grand Seldom tool. have I looked upon a more majestic figure <laughs> in my entire life. Uh, uh, grand, grand Tool there. Uh, uh, would you happen to know a guy named Chesterfield? Oh, I have so many subjects here. Uh, I do not remember their names. But if it is Mintz you are looking for, he's normally in the infirmary. Um, that is where I assign him his daily duties. All right. All right. Wait, uh, I, you know, I hate to be impertinent, uh, but <laughs> would it be possible for you or one of your lackeys uh, to uh, escort us? Uh, to uh, where you uh, have assigned this document. Uh, we really have some urgent uh, business with him. Oh. Is it, is, it, is it appropriate for a subject to be asking a favor of an emperor? I don't know. Is if it? it pleases you. If it pleases you. <laughs> I mean, it's around. really more of a boon. Emperors can grant boons, right? <laughs> ah. I do not think it is appropriate. Uh, for an emperor to be giving directions to a clerk. I think it's as much. <laughs> have you come, have you brought me any fruits? I do like fruits. Jenny? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, I have mints. <laughs> Let's say you, you have a lovely, shiny red, rosy apple. And when you give it to him, I assume you are going to give it to him. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> when you give it to him, he goes, oh, they've never seen such a beautiful apple. <laughs> it is the finest apple. Oh, for that, you will be granted a boon, my dear. Uh, and he says, turns around and says, um, Pike, take these, these uh, subjects of mine to see Dr. Mintz. And Pike goes, yes, okay. <laughs> and, and I'll say, thank you, your majesty, and do a little, or your eminence, and do a little curtsy. <laughs> Followed okay. up with, uh, with many, many bows. <laughs>
Mark well, is just standing there kind of impatiently rolling his, his eyes at all of this. <laughs> excellent, excellent. All right, so after that little um, little um, uh, court intrigue drama, uh, Pike does actually take you up to um, the um, facilities area away from the actual patient wing. Um, it's in the uh, in the east wing. And he says, it's down there somewhere. And he points down the corridor and he says, you'll find it down there. Uh, have you got any anything for me? Um, Pike, get the heck out of here. What do you what do you <laughs> think this is? I, I cough him. <laughs> 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 he kind of like holds his hand. Over. All right, well. with my boot. <laughs> he says, How dare you speak to your betters that way? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> he's down there somewhere. You'll be fine. And then he scuttles off. And People you see... saying we'll be fine. I don't know if I believe them, boys. <laughs> and and you see that there's um, signs, there's a sign on the wall saying kitchen, mess hall, and infirmary, and an arrow pointing, pointing down the dark hallway. Let's head down the hall. You go past the mess hall, um, and, a, and there's a wide open doorway leading into the mess hall, which is quite large, but it's very quiet. There are no chairs scuffling, dishes clanking, no one's even talking to each other. There's a few patients in there just sitting morosely looking at their food and just kind of occasionally shoveling something into it, some some kind of unidentifiable slop into their mouths with a spoon. You. Um, I, I just stop and say, uh, Daniel Chesterfield? No? There's no, no response. Okay. No response from any of them. They just keep mindlessly putting spoonfuls oh. of this gruel into their mouths. Is there a door to the kitchen? Um... Yeah, actually, there's um, there is a there's a narrow door in the mess hall leading into the kitchen. I think Mark would just kind of peek inside if they were open or able to be opened. The scent, the scent that strikes you from behind the door is foul and repugnant. Um, it smells like there's some like off meat in there or something because it's absolutely horrible. Okay. Do you want to peek your head in? Yeah, I do. I want to peek in. It takes you a moment to adjust to the light. There's no one actually in in the kitchen, but um, you notice that there are uh, there is meat, rotting meat on the chopping board blocks, and as your eyes kind of kind of focus in, you realise that it's basically chopped up human bodies that are rotting. <laughs> On the on the kitchen tops, you recoil in horror at the stench and the sight, and the th- it's it's almost like just been utterly inexplicable what you've just seen. I'm assuming I'm not carrying any weapons in this place. Is there, by chance, maybe a knife or something sitting in there in the kitchen? Sure, I got a knife. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a big kitchen knife just in the chopping block. Um, which you, you can probably maybe close your eyes and just pull it out so you don't have to look at the the carved up torsos, legs and arms. Well, I'm an ex-soldier. I've seen some pretty nasty stuff, I'm assuming. That is true. That is true. So that I'll take true. that knife and just kind of conceal it somehow. 
Um, I think Jenny always has her twin revolvers. They're like always, darling. Always. Yeah. Secreted on my person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you head past the mess hall, past the um, the other door to the kitchen. There was one leading out to the hallway as well. And then after um, a few seconds, you come around the corner, and there up ahead is the infirmary. Um, there's a scratched plaque on the on the wooden door that reads infirmary. Um, this must be well. If if Doctor Mince is anywhere, he's probably inside there. Are the doors open or are they shut when we approach? They're shut, and there's no like porthole window or anything. You're going to have to open the doors to see inside. Uh, Mark, I suggest maybe you, uh, with your soldiering background, might <laughs> scout the way. Sure. Unless you'd like to go first, William. I, I knock. Um, a voice from inside says, come in. All right, go in. <laughs> okay. Are you going in on your own, or is everyone going in? I'm going in. Okay. So you all head into the infirmary, and, and you see um, a figure standing at um, an operating table. Um and he's scrubbing it down. And you have never seen this much blood before. Even in your army days, the, the table, the operating table, is literally just overflowing with blood. And he's scrubbing away with this single scrubbing brush. His, his, ha- his gloved hands and um, operating gown are just completely covered and splattered in blood. His mask as well... It's even on his face, in his in his surgeon's hat, and he's just like slooshing it around, and it's just flowing off this table, spattering onto the floor everywhere. And he says, um, "I'll be done in a minute. Just wait a second. And he's just like, all he's doing is seemingly moving this blood around. Is it? Is his single scrubbing brush has literally got no hope? And he says, "Oh, it's proving a bit difficult to get out." Oh, I slosh over, you know, you know, wearing my, my workman's boots there. I just slosh through, and I, I, I just tap him on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, Matt, we're looking for, for Dr. Mintz. Can you point me in the right direction? William, you've been around death so much. This is just like, it's just like extreme death. Yeah, this is old news. Um, <laughs> Jenny, Mark, you're a little bit more shaken by this. Um, maybe you can both describe to me why you've taken such a hard hit from seeing this maybe maybe jenny you can say first why this is pushing you so close to the edge i am reminded of our fight with the emissary when Mm. he had me in his tentacles and the only way to save me was to use the electricity gun and i felt like the blood was rushing through my body in a river very similar to the way he's sluicing it off of the table and all I can remember is the electricity coursing through me and my blood just feeling like it would burst out of my body and I don't know if I can handle that mm. that memory mm. um, likewise Mark why I mean you're not, you're hardened you're a war veteran why is so much blood why is these torrents of blood doing this to you this takes Mark back to the war and uh, particularly bad um, experience when uh, they were, you know, fighting, and it was it was really 
in the heat of the battle and his, his whole platoon was just being wiped wiped out completely by you know uh, you know heavy ordnance grenades and and uh, his best friend uh, Joe just you know he, he lost a leg and Mark had picked up Joe and was trying to carry him back to some safety and and to the, to the surgeon and uh, he just all the blood and his, his just seeing the blood just pump out of his his, his best friend just uh, traumatized him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> okay, so you both are going to have a bout of madness. Well, the here good news go. is we're already in the asylum. Yeah, you, you know, so I could just leave you guys here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so don't um, abandon me, William. Don't abandon me. So you have a, phys- a physical hysterics or emotional outburst. You're incapacitated, either laughing, crying, screaming, or something else for the next oh God. minute or two. So what what is it that you do right now? Uh, I'm just going to start laughing hysterically, you know. I you know, I I just I just I don't know. Um I have to get out of here. We we we're in danger. We uh, I I I Joe, Joe. I got to help Joe. Where's Joe? <laughs> oh my God. I just feel the tentacles. <laughs> They're still there. <laughs> Still there. <laughs> oh, the blood <laughs> isn't coming out of me. I can feel it. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Mintz looks looks at the two of you and then looks over to to William. Says, "What is wrong with them? I can't take them anyway. <laughs> you two are embarrassing me." <laughs> uh, sorry for this outburst, Doctor. Give me one second. I take them and I just kind of like lead them out into the hallway and like, you know, just like sit them down against the wall. Okay. And uh, I'm saying, right, you two just wait here. Okay. Just wait here. Don't okay. Move. And I'm still just, oh, tentacles. I'm I know, I know, I know. The tentacles, the tentacles. So much blood. So much blood. Mark, Mark, I smack him across the face. Snap out of it. <laughs> what? What? Joe, where you're, is he? You're a soldier, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're gonna have to let them just recover. Um, I mean, you can right. you can wait for them to recover, or you could go back in. Minutes. No, I go back in. Sorry, uh, shell shot. says, "Oh, thank you for getting them out of here. They were they were making me feel a little bit odd." He's now got a hose, and he's like hosing down the table, and you're starting to see that. There is actually a table there underneath the blood. Um, he says, oh, yes, the last patient just couldn't stop it. Couldn't stop it as he's hosing down the blood. Well, you know, sometimes that happens. So, uh, <laughs> doctor, uh, if, if you don't mind me asking you a few questions, uh, I got a good buddy of mine, right? Good buddy of mine from my acting days. Uh, he worked in the theaters. I was trying to look him up. A uh, man by the name of Chesterfield, Daniel Chesterfield. Do you happen to, to remember this patient? Is he still here? Oh, why, I remember Daniel Chesterfield. I haven't seen him much in the last in the last year. He's a little bit, um, a little bit too far gone, if you know what I mean. Oh, that's a real shame. That's a real shame. You know, I owe him money. <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess it's not that big of a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I doubt he'll be wanting that off you now. Not much to spend it on in the basement, is there? I guess not. I guess not. What? 
The basement? They keep guests in the basement here? Oh, yes. That's where we keep the most interesting cases. Yeah, well, it's a good thing that Daniel became interesting. You know, when I, as long <laughs> as I know that he's as dull as a rock. Uh, so, uh, uh, Doctor, if you don't mind me asking, uh, you know, uh, I'm just a simple man, but uh, what kind of procedure could lead to, uh, uh, well, this, uh, well, first of all, this uh, this uh, big mess you got here. And uh, uh, why doesn't the, 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 the staff, don't you have uh, staff members to clean this up? Why do you got oh. doctors cleaning, cleaning up a uh, mess like this? Well, I, li- I don't really like anyone else to be in here while I'm o- operating on our special guests. Ah, have you ever operated on uh, on old Daniel there? Uh, I contemplated it. Little bit of a frontal lobotomy. But um, I, in the end, I decided it wouldn't really have helped. I feel yeah, that his mind is completely gone. Ah, that's, a, that's a real shame. That's a real shame. See, you know, I, and I hate to keep pressing my luck here. Would it be possible for me to go down and just see him one last time before I go? Well, we normally... Just for keep, memory's sake, you know? We normally keep the special section locked. But um, if you find Nurse Nurse Polly, she's got the keys. She's always got keys. Nurse Polly. Is she on this wing? Is she on this level? Oh, you'll find her. Or she'll find you. Oh, that's very ominous. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, Doctor, you know, like, as I mentioned before, uh, I, I do owe Daniel... Uh, some uh, bit of money he lent me back in the day. And, and that's really my, my purpose for coming here was to repay this debt. Uh, I could give you this cash uh, if you were to escort me and my buddies down there personally, just, just to get a quick look at the guy. Oh, how much? Oh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> listen, uh, Doc, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a poor guy. You know, I've been saving up for years for this. You know, I, got a, I got a little bit of a stash going. Well, you know, maybe 20 bucks. Hmm. His eyes kind of get a bit wider when he sees your folding green. <laughs> okay. Are, are we still crazy? Uh, no, you've kind of come back to your senses at this point. As as uh, Dr. Mintz, still spattered in blood, um, he's actually taken his gloves off now, so his pale white hands are, are clean uh, as, he, as he's holding, he's grasping these... D- dollar bills in his hand he's got them scrunched up and he's taken his mask off and you see he's, he's very thin-lipped uh and he's got this kind of slightly wild look in his eyes um he says okay but i'm not going down there with you oh no sir uh, um well then i'd like my money back uh isn't that what i uh what i paid for oh i'll unlock the door for you <laughs> I'm not going down there. All right. Uh, will, will you stay by the door just to let me back out, you know? Well, you can take the key. Just drop it off at reception on the way back. Perfect. Perfect. And just keep your eyes open down there. Some of the patients get a little little bit feisty. Huh. Okay. Feistiness. I've dealt with feistiness before. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my uh, shovel? 
and uh, he leads you to a stairwell with a, a, a thick iron locked door um, at the top, top of it. And he puts this huge rusty key in and <laughs> turns it with a screech and pulls slowly pulls the door open, cracks the door a couple of inches, and he just kind of pokes his head in and says, seems to be clear. Then he opens the door, and he hands you the key, and he says, as I said, keep your eyes open. Will do, and I appreciate this, Doc. I really do. I really I'm going to tell reception what a wonderful job you've done around here. Uh, Jenny, uh, Mark, ready to go? Oh, I believe so. Right. Um, I'm going to say... He shakes when, his head at Mark. <laughs> when the doctor goes, I'm going to say, William, thank you for, for your assistance there. That was quite decent of you, and I know you did dip into your meager funds to help us out. <laughs> um, and I'm going to give him his, his... I have 300 cash on my thing. I'm going to give him his money back. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really, really uh, generous of you, miss. I, I really do appreciate that. Uh, you know, anything well, I, I don't can know do to help you, done, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, always, it's always good for, uh, um, you know, to pay your debts off before before the end isn't it <laughs> Before we go, yeah. go, go where you're going with a clean conscience exactly i don't know what i'll need his shovel again you know so no no so here's the thing you both now have uh, an underlying insanity which means that for the next um 10 hours you're fragile in your case mark i obviously this is going to push you push you over the edge completely which is uh i forgot my meds this morning yeah yeah which is a little bit um a little bit that's the uh, fun part yeah we can go looking for that nurse i'm sure she's got it yeah so the the yawning black stairwell goes down into the depths of arkham asylum if you want to find daniel it's somewhere he'll be somewhere down there okay all right do i have my uh, my lantern uh, yeah, sure. Sure. Right. Yeah. Lantern you, and just wandering you. around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Walk this way. Right. Um, I will take just, I will take one of my revolvers and kind of hold it. I, I don't trust where we're going. Just discreetly, you know, up my, the sleeve of my gown or something or my shirt. Just so mm. I have it as sort of ready, if, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. As you head down into the basement halls, dank air drifts out of some of the darker hallways. It seems like some of these passageways actually go underground, like down even deeper into the depths. Um, so rather than, you know, mapping out like corridors and things, why don't you tell me kind of what your approach is going to be to try and find Daniel, and then we'll just sort of play it out. Um, well, you had the lantern. Right. Right, William? Yeah, so yeah, so I'll be up front. Um, you know, uh I guess, you know, I'm just gonna walk in and and any male uh guest I see or you know. I, I mean I, I imagine it's gonna be very few staff down here if they keep it locked and, and the doctor's afraid to go down again. I mean, sure we're gonna make a beeline for any staffy, but uh any male prisoner, you know, I'll say, Hey, Dan Danny, Daniel? Daniel, mm. Mr. Chesterfield, 
Is it um, is it like kind of like the the asylum in the second Clive Barker movie with the when they go to the basement and there's just people screaming, or is it still pretty quiet? No, no, it's it's pretty it's pretty quiet. Um, there are there are corridors leading off from the basement. Um, uh, most of them go lead down to individual cells um and as i I said a couple of them go sort of deeper down into what seems like underground um which is a bit weird um but others others uh, are on the same level you know a staying level and and go go through to cells so so if you want to try and find him i think you're going to have to make your way around the cells and just look in through the the windows of the cells i'll follow uh, william with the lantern I also okay. look for any kind of scratchings or markings, anything in reference to the key. Yeah. Hmm. Like maybe they've scratched on the walls or something. I'm looking out for tentacles. If I have underlying madness, I'm always afraid <laughs> that a, a spindly red tentacle from the emissary mm. will reach out and grab me. So, so I'll just narrate the next few things that happen because you, you're going from door to door. There are patients in them. Um, but speaking with them is proving much more difficult than you might have thought. They they argue cautiously. They refuse to answer any of your questions. Um, some of them back away into the corners. Um, they're either not used to having visitors or something about you seems to be causing them considerable amount of stress. Some act like animals um, and like crouch in the corner looking like they might just kind of leap out and strike at you if they could. But obviously mm. you're safe behind your doors it's it's a very disturbing place um and all of you hear like that that phrase echoing again from from recent memory have you seen it is that is that that's a force is beckoning you have you seen it it calls to you and glimpsing something in your peripheral vision you 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 turn your heads quickly and and you see that familiar symbol peering back at you wherever you look. It's etched on the doors, drawn on the walls, painted on the patient's canvases. The yellow sign is everywhere. You cannot escape it. Are you all seeing this? Cheery sort of place. Yeah, it it's, it's, it's not a hallucination. It's everywhere. It's been carved into every surface, painted on every wall. Some of the Isn't this the same, same as in the theatre? cut into their, the flesh on their arms. Oof. Yeah, same sign. Mark, feeling shaken, has pulled a photo out of his pocket of Sophie trying to find some comfort and trying to steady himself. He's just kind of grasping it in his left hand, just kind of keeps peeking at it periodically. Mm. 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 I close my eyes, I see the yellow eye. Yeah. And um, the eventually, though, you come to a cell that's a little bit different it's very dark and you can see a man like kneeling facing away from you just kneeling on the ground um he seems to be having some kind of fit he's kind of convulsing shaking convulsing and he's inside a cell yeah it seems like the door to this cell however is not locked because it's slightly like an inch like a, a jar an inch just off now, its... is, this, is this noteworthy in and of itself, like a other... Yeah, the other cells have all been locked. 
but this okay. one is slightly open, and you and there's a patient convulsing. Uh, anybody know what to do uh, in the event of a convulsing patient? Oh, ooh, I don't have medicine. Okay, so you go in, and as you approach, you realize why he's convulsing. As 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 your eyes adjust to the gloom, to your utter horror, you see that he's basically. He's being eaten alive by some oh. hor- horrendous kind of crawling creature <laughs> with with massive slavering vicious jaws. It's holding him it's holding him together with his tentacle. I immediately start to breathe very heavy. I don't want to do it in the mic, but um yeah. Oh, sorry. Um tentacles he, trigger me. Yes, tentacles uh, are holding him tight as this jawed creature is basically just eating his face and neck and chest as he's still alive, and that's why he's convulsing. Mark and and um, Jenny, Jenny, you're still okay in terms of... Um, in yes. terms of... Um, but, but Mark, you are now indefinitely insane. You have got something called Tiflomania, which basically means pathological blindness. So oh, gee, great. you think you're blind, even though you're. You think you've gone blind as a result of this, but you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so you can play that out however you want, but this is. Jenny, William, where are you? Where'd you go? I can't see you. I'm, I'm blind. Where, where, where are I? Where are we? I can't see anything. I'm still focused on the tentacle monster. And. I start, I start stumbling and just kind of reaching out and trying to find the wall. Okay, or... and... All right, we we basically just walked in the cell, right? So so William is just going to grab the two of them, Jenny by the scruff of her neck, because she went in to go help the guy, and then I, I with my other hand, I shove Mark back okay. out into the hall, and I drag Jenny back out. After <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and can I drop to my knees and just start kind of crawling around? William, as you go to reach, so you grab. You grab Mark as he, who's like suddenly just like got his arms out, stumbling around. And as you go to reach Jenny, she just falls down in a dead faint on the ground. So you've got to make a decision. What are you going to do? You can't. You can't grab both of them. Um, right. Right. So. So uh, with you know with what I described earlier, can I just shove Mark backwards back through the door and grab Jenny? Okay. And drag so her you up. do that. You you shove Mark out the door. And then you turn around and you see that this thing has actually got its tentacle wrapped around Jenny's leg and it's pulling her towards it. Oh, no. Oh, Jenny, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm fainted. I can't. (laughs) Okay. uh, Now I still have my lantern. Yes. Right. Um, All right. So I'm going to take the lantern up my head and smash it down on the thing and the fire. Oh, nice. uh, will uh, make it like a... And I, uh, I break into some Shakespeare as I do it, too. I go, you mountain of mad flesh! <laughs> I toss it down. Um, its tentacles kind of s- start kind of um, wriggling up towards you as you get near to it. And then you bring the lantern down, um, smashing it onto its head and back. You've definitely done some damage to it, but unfortunately, still it still seems to be um, intent um, on on dragging on dragging Jenny towards its gaping maw. 
it's uh, it's dripping, um, bloodied more. Um, oh. It's got uh, the, the body of whoever that patient was has now just fallen backwards as it's let. It's kind of let go of it, and Jenny is being kind of wound in like a fish on the end of a fishing line towards I'm it. Learn just walking the same <laughs> um, Now, um, Mark, you're outside. <laughs> Um, you're, you're not um, like insensible. You just think you're blind. You're, you, you, you're, you can actually take an action if you want, but of course you're blind. So, <laughs> well, I can hear what's going on. You can hear, yes, you can hear these horrible sounds and the and Mark and 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 William's cry of of, of frustration and anger. <laughs> A lump of foul deformity. Your king commands you, let her go. So I will just say, um, Jenny, William, what can I do to help? Um, not realizing that Jenny's yes. unconscious, obviously. Damn it, Mark, come in here and help me, come help me grab her. All right, so I'll stumble towards his voice. Okay. Um, you stagger back into so you, you feel your way back into the... Um, now, I don't really know he's blind, actually. No, you don't. You don't. Uh, or he thinks he's dead. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of like shuffling, you know, my hands are kind of out in front of me. Uh, I grab his, I, I'll, I'll, I'll grab his hand and guide it to her, uh, to her, uh, or just, you know, like pull his arm to, to where uh, uh, her shoulder is. And then um, I'll grab the other shoulder and kind of under her arm. Right, both of us nice, drag nice. Backwards. Mark, I, you'll be able to. You can feel Jenny being kind of dragged away from you as you've got your hands on her shoulder. Okay, so I'll just uh, I'll grab a hold of her as best I can and try pulling back the way I came. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna squat uh, down. You know, obviously I'm gonna be, I'm gonna squat be squatted down so I can actually touch her on the floor. So I will grab her. I will I will loop my arms underneath her arm. You know, under her armpits. You know, and just push back with my legs. To try, to try and stand up and wow. back out the door. Okay, so you brace yourself and you pull, and you you've you've got a, a very good grip on it. So you manage to. So the combination of um, of William smashing the lantern on its on its head and the 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 burning oil spreading across it, and you pulling, you've managed to extricate. Um, you managed to extricate Jenny, and you pull her back out of the cell, um, and you land in a heap um, on, in the corridor, panting. Um, however, William, who has been so brave, he's now going to take a hit, or, or this thing's going to try and lash out at him. The tentacle, nice. obviously, it's in some kind of pain as it rises around, and it lashes out at you with the tentacle, uh, and you manage to... Um, get out of the way. You can actually do something now. You can actually fight back if you want. Uh, I just want to grab Jenny's gun that landed on the floor and close the door behind me. Okay. So that's what you do. Uh, and then you're all standing in the... <laughs> in the dark. Looking at each other. <laughs> um, wondering what the hell just happened. Am I awake, uh, Andy? Yeah. yeah okay, go. sorry. So, l- l- like, um, a minute... Uh, a few seconds later, you wake up. What happened? Mark saved your life there. I, I thought you were a goner. Do you remember what you saw in there? Tentacles? Yeah. Just just take it just easy. Tentacles. Just take it easy. Okay. All right, I know. <laughs> tentacles? There were... Okay. Mark, how you doing? 
Deep breath. I'm 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 blind. I, I can't see anything. Blind? What? I, I don't know. We we walked into that room and just all of a sudden I, I I can't see. Well, none of us can see very far now. I I, I smashed my lantern. I think it's beyond <laughs> that. Like, I just I can't see anything. I can't see shadows. I can't see. I can't even see my hand in front of my face. All right, let me take a look. I'm no doctor, but I'll take a. Look. Yeah, you you realize that, but he his eyes are reacting normally to the light. I mean, as far as you know. Um, there's nothing wrong with his eyes at all. You kind of back away from that that sight. You, you hear the you hear this sort of hideous crunching sound continuing <laughs> from the <laughs> from the cell. Obviously, this this thing has uh, decided that it'll just Lost take the easy poor meal. Daniel Chesterfield. <laughs> I knew him. Well, I mean, you don't know. You don't know. There are still, there are still some more uh, there are still some more cells to look at. Goody. And in fact, at one end, uh, you, you, you see at the other end, there's a sign above saying patient confinement. And there's three cells beyond it. You might want to try... You, you, the key that you're holding seems like it would so um, fit the lock of the door that you just... Oh, like it's a, uni- a universal key for this wing, sort of? It seems like it's, it is the universal key for the wing. Okay. All right, then yeah, I'll lock that behind us and uh, carry on. All right, so if we see if we see a cell we wanna we actually wanna open, you know, we can probably use this key to uh, interrogate some. Hmm. So so the, the the three cells that are in the patient confinement. Um, these all have heavy metal doors firmly shut and locked from the outside. Um, they have these little slits you know with the metal like slider thing in the in the at eye level all right well first things first i'll uh, open up the uh the metal uh slot and see if i can peek in and see these guys uh, okay so the two the left hand one and the right hand one both open up and there's nothing the one in the middle seems to be stuck tight oh as in the key even with the key it's, mm-hmm. it's we have it unlocked but it's uh, no, I mean the slit, okay. the, the 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 sliding metal panel. Like the other two, you could kind of slide open and look inside, and they were empty cells. They were just dark and dirty. Um, the one in the middle, though, the slot doesn't. The sliding slot thing doesn't doesn't budge. Um, maybe if you try to push really right, hard, I'll give it a strength. Uh, give a strength check. Uh, maybe uh, whack it times the butt end of the the butt of the. Knife I have. Uh, you strain a couple of times, and the windowless cell beyond is hopelessly dank and grim. The walls seem to be covered in erratic scribbling, like just you know that classic crazy thing, <laughs> crazy man thing. The walls covered in writing, and huddled in the corner is a man who's sobbing and rocking back and forth. He's got a you know he's got his arms like tightly around his knees and um and he's sobbing and, and and rocking backwards and forwards are there any tentacles i don't see any miss um as far as you can see there aren't um okay. um what you do notice is that he's he's got the yellow sign carved on his forehead and it's kind of it's it seems to be sort of 
light gently glowing almost like glowing from within kind of feel yeah almost like it was radioactive mm. um and, and and he's you can hear him stammering over and over again no mask no mask no mask no mask mm-hmm. no mask all right um so well, well, hold on, hold on. It's going to be uh, probably deeply traumatizing for all okay. of us. Uh, I can, I can presume. So, uh, <laughs> before we open the door and announce yeah. ourselves, um, would you, with your permission, Miss uh, Jenny, uh, would you mind if I uh, just, you know, tried to talk to the guy through the slot, uh, just, just, you know, before we do a face-to-face encounter? Okay, of course. What are you, of course. What are you doing with with Mark at the moment? Because obviously he's kind of stumbling around. Well, I thought we cured that. Blind. I was kind of leading him. Did, didn't we get, get him to realize he's? Oh no, no! You realize he's not blind, but you, but you can't. Oh, you know. Yeah, no. He either needs to get some therapy. I mean, the, this is the good place to get it. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, so far, so far, this is the place you come to lose. I figure I'm just kind of walking behind Jenny, and she's kind of in the middle anyway, with my hand on her shoulder, I figured. Yeah, I was kind of leading him, letting him follow me. Okay. So, um, so he goes, no mask, no mask, no mask. All right, so what I want to do here, right, I want to open up the slot, yeah. and I want to use my, my acting uh, skills uh, to just kind of, you know, test the waters, you know, just uh, whisper through the slot. And I say, uh, Daniel, <laughs> <laughs> your king command. <gasps> no, no, is it you? Have you come for me? Walk to the door, Daniel. Who is it? I cannot speak your name. I dare not speak your name. His eyes are kind of glowing wide as he struggles to his feet, and, he, and he's obviously he's wearing a straight jacket. Nigel made us speak his name. He made us speak the oath. And now he lives inside us, controlling us. Don't you understand? Don't you understand? He's inside all of us. Daniel, repeat the oath to me now. No, 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 no. We spoke his name. We spoke his name. His name and his price was paid. Hasta, Hasta, oh King, Hasta. And with that, suddenly he transforms before your very eyes. His bones twist and snap. His body warps grotesquely. The symbol carved into his forehead burns bright, and a yellow glow emanates from within his body as it is twisted and transformed into this hideous monstrosity. And he starts bashing on the door, which starts buckling under the heavy weight of his fists. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, William, darling, I don't think that went very well. <laughs>